Yeah, we do need banter. <laughs> hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I am your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. And this week we will be talking about The Princess Bride. And then after that, I will probably be going into The Haunting and Kat will be going into Put on the Spot. What? What are you going to talk about later? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to talk about um, a couple of Rosamund Pike movies. So probably Gone Girl and I Care A Lot. And Nick's going to talk about... Oh, this is new. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk about uh, Superman and Lois, uh, The Kid Detective and... Uh, a ABC show called Why You Like This. Hey, so... Is this what you were pregnant no, no, in this your is head just last my night? brain. So sit back, enjoy... I hated that. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. new episode of at least give it Watch It Again. <laughs> so, um, little backstory going into this episode is that we're up to episode 63 or 4. Something. Um, the topic of this episode, The Princess Bride, was originally meant to be episode 27 but that's something else because we did a distance record and um which we don't like this to talk was about like, this and was my this COVID was all yeah this was like yeah. probably a year ago yeah yeah like all well, 40 odd episodes much. ago yeah so mm. um and my audio file fucking cocked it so i have cat's file nick's file but not mine and Jacob was doing the report. And I was doing so the report. So there's like yeah. a lot of empty space of them just reacting to what I was saying. So here we oh, are. And I just realised it's us three here this week. Yeah. yeah. This is before James and yeah, this Naomi was, ever joined us. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I think that James had been on an episode by yeah, this Yeah. I think they'd yeah. done guest appearances. Yeah. But they didn't become. Tell us what you full-time. think. Do you just like the OG3? Yeah. Do you, like do you want them to <laughs> never come back? Them. Yeah. <laughs> we can kick them off the show. James is going to listen to this and be very sad. Aw, did you just put water all over <laughs> yeah, my table? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, I'm gonna I did get... not. I oh, did you not. did it? So you're welcome. Snap. Snap. Oh, my gosh. Boom. Anyway, so The Princess Bride came out in 1987. It was released in America on the 25th of September. It had a budget of $16 million and it only grossed $30.8 million. It wasn't a huge success at the time, but a year later... In 1988, it was released on home video. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, um, I was just waiting for you to go on. <laughs> and from this point, it um, it kind of started to get some momentum as this sort of cult classic and it built more of a following as more people kind of saw it. So I guess people just missed it at the movies or it just wasn't as popular. And as it became more readily available, it just picked up in what it was to the point that in the middle of COVID last year, it had a full fan remake from celebrities. Yeah, this was like right after we did the episode. Wait, yeah. like how did I so know So in June last year, there was a huge – and people – it was on Quibi, that streaming platform uh, that went see, really well. Know about it. And all these <laughs> different people, famous people, all different people played like characters in Who it. Who was in it? So the grandson – was played by the likes of Josh Gad, um, Joey King, Rob Reiner, and Fred Savage, who obviously um, reprised his role. His role, yeah. Um, the grandfather was played by Rob Reiner, who is actually the director of the original film. Um, J.K. Simmons, Sarah Silverman, Adam Sandler. Um, Love it, yep. Wesley was played by 
Chris Pine, Common, Sam Rockwell, Neil Patrick Harris, Sophie Turner, David Spade, John Hamm. Oh, I love that Sophie Brandon Turner's Routh, just in there. Courtney Ford, Tucker Watiti, Jack Black, Paul Rudd, and of course, Kerry Ells, Elwes. I don't know how to say the original. The, yep. Um, where are we? Princess Buttercup was played by Tiffany Haddish, Penelope Cruz, Jennifer Garner, um, Annabelle Wallace, Zoe Saldana, Joe Jonas, Mackenzie Davis, <laughs> Brendan Routh, Courtney Ford. Um, yeah, Robin Wright obviously rep- reprised her role in certain scenes. Um, Prince Humpstead was played by Hugh Jackman, Penelope Cruz, Elijah Wood, Don Johnson, Ernie Hudson, Den- Dennis Haysbert, James Van Der Beek, and... Um, Carrie Ells also played Prince Humperdinck in this. The original actor did not reprise his role. Um, Inigo Montoya was played by Diego Luna, Oscar Nuez, Finn Wolfhard, um, Javier Bardern, Keegan-Michael Key. Who? Keegan-Michael Key. Did you say Javier Bardem? <laughs> With a J? <laughs> I think I did. Javier, did. <laughs> whatever the fuck you Javier. said. Rewind. Javier. Rewind. Anyway. Javier. Um, Sarah Cooper and um, and Pedro Pascal. Um, Fezzik was played by Dave Bautista, Nick Kroll, Craig Robson, Charlize Theron and Jason Segel. Yeah, it, it was I this love this diverse yeah, range of actors um, just Miracle taking on Max. any Yeah, it's, it's a shame it was on Quibi, so yeah, we had no idea how many, so many people now? were around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miracle oh, Max was played by Seth Rogen. <laughs> um, the Impressive clergyman, clergyman was played by John Malkovich. Um, the Ancient Bill was played by Jennifer Garner. Like, there was this huge all-star cast just came together to make this crunch. It was like... a essentially a, like a read through, like no one was really, some people sort of dressed up a bit. Yeah. But it was sort of just shows before we go into like talking more about the movie, how popular it became that all these famous people love this film. Yeah. Question. Yes. Do you know who did the poison scene? No. Oh, no. I think I saw Pat Oswalt doing it. Maybe. Maybe, but I don't know who I can't who remember. Else. I watched it in June oh. last year oh. and didn't watch it again for this because I didn't have the time. Should watch that. <laughs> Poor Quibby. Yeah, Quibby. We do want to go into Quibby. Feature length or is it? Yeah, pretty much. It's like a scene for scene remake. Remake. Like they mm. did with the room. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, The Princess Bride. The Psycho. Is. Did they remake Psycho? Yes. Remember the episode we did on it? Like a we year full ago? spoke about that. Oh, the no. celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Vince Vaughn played um, Buddy. Oh, Norman true. Bates. But that yeah. was like an actual movie. Movie. Yeah. Not a it's fan not a, made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Princess Bride is, as sorry, I, I said. I meant there was like Nicholas. a movie. Nicholas. Right, move just on. Move let on. me, just let's just move on. So, okay, into we'll the actual podcast. Later. Yes. So, um, this is, I will say now, and I said it in June last year before we lost it all, that this is one of my favourite movies ever. Um, I did actually have to study it. In school, but I'd seen it several times before we ever got to it in high school English. So when everyone else at school was hating on it because we had to watch it for school, I was like, fuck yeah, this is the best. I love this movie. And I think that's my sister's fault because she loved it. And we just, you know, sometimes when you're the younger sibling, you just have to watch what they want to watch. And No, I'm the oldest. I have no idea well, what that's like. I know what that's like. I know what that's like. And I think we watched this a lot as kids and we could agree to watch this because... I obviously also enjoyed it. Um, 
It's actually Jacob's favourite movie for those listening. Yeah, There'll be a quiz at once we finish one day. this podcast and you'll be asked that question. Um, so I guess where am I going to start? Let's start with the book. So oh, true. The book, The Princess Bride, was written by William Goldman. But inside that book, there is a book by S. Morgenstein, which is the, I suppose you could say, like the um, claims to have written a book about Florence. Well, he's from Florence, which is the fictional world, like country that this movie is set, and, well, most of it. And it's kind of like this history of Florence, but William Goldman, like in his book, claims that his father read him S. Morgenstein's book as a kid but only read in the good bits and that is the story of The Princess Bride and that's kind of how the book plays that you're getting that the grandfather is reading the grandson the book by S. Morgenstein but only reading the the good bits. bits. So skipping out the pages of politics and laws and all that sort of stuff and this history of this but only kind of reading this story from the book mm-hmm. and it's kind of sparked that I, in my research into this that I found a lot of people thought that S. Morgenstein was a real person and that book actually exists <laughs> and that it, lots of people thought that William Goldman's father did actually read him this book but he never did and it's just part of the it's story. It's just part of the story and I think that's really nice. Like he's just kind of created this world within a world where there's this author that's made this book that's reading to the kid and but it's just him writing a story. And that's kind of the perception of how we enter this world is that we're kind of watching the grandfather read the book and sometimes you get the grandfather's voice when it cuts back into the story instead of the actors if they're like kind of going over a bit they've just done or whatever. And it's a really nice touch. And I mean it's been parodied so many times. Like there is Once yeah. Upon a Deadpool where it's Deadpool 2 but – Deadpool's reading the story of Deadpool 2 to, um, what's his name? The kid, um, Fred Savage. And it's adult Fred Savage sitting in bed in a bedroom dressed up to look like the one from the movie with Deadpool sitting in the chair reading the story of Deadpool 2 to him. I like Deadpool. I like Deadpool. But again, it just shows how strong this story has been loved by so many people, like especially in Hollywood, that it has made... An impact? Yeah. And I might go into that because, before going into differences between the book and the movie, because um, just after the movie came out, so in 1988, um, Cariel Elwes, I'm going to go with, um, met His Holiness the Pope in the Vatican. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with His Holiness. So he, met, so he never expected to hear from Pope John Paul II but after posing for a quick photo, um, the actor turned the the pontiff, so the pope, turned to the actor and asked if he was the one from the Princess and the Bride. Didn't quite get the title right, and he was, you know, shocked and was like, "Yeah." And the pope said, "Very good film, very funny." <laughs> okay, so, so that was a year after this. That was in nineteen eighty-eight. This has got the pope's recommendation, yeah. guys. You should go watch it. So and like, um, Carrie was like telling like he told the um New York Post is like what are the chances of that? It's like the only word that went through my mind was inconceivable. 
because he's like the Pope's just like, are you the guy from the Princess Bride? Like, and he's like, yeah, I am. And like the Pope's like, I've seen, and it's been a year since this movie came out. And the Pope's like, I love that movie. And it's like, sorry? (laughs) Like, what is happening? I never even considered the Pope watches television. Yeah, like sort of mean, like the Pope's- I guess what does he do? The Pope has just gone and watched like in 1987, like late 87, early 88, the Pope has just watched The Princess Bride. Like, well, it came out on home video in 88, so he could have had a, you know- Copy it in the Vatican. Copy. (laughs) But like, it's just so weird to think that the Pope's is like, I'm going to watch The Princess Bride today. Like, sorry? (laughs) Don't you have holy duties to attend to? He's going to have some time. Yeah, I'd I'd love to like picture his bedrooms. Like, he's got like a beanbag and he's like, like a PlayStation and shit set up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a regular guy. (laughs) He's got like Uh, a man cave with a beer tap in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just pure holy water. <laughs> so, uh, another famous. Oh, we've just offended yeah, so many people. I know. I, I don't even care. Um, so, mobster John Goaty, um crew also enjoyed the film. And short, well, a couple of years after the movie came out, Rob Reiner, the director, was in a restaurant in Little Italy in New York when in walked Goaty and a crew of six henchmen. Chat. Um. Runner finished his meal and walked outside, coming across one of the wise guys standing at the front of a limo. Oh, and we know what that means because we've <laughs> done yeah. an episode on. So the mobs yelled out, hey, you killed my father. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> to which Reiner turned and chuckled and the um, mobster was like, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, okay. it's just... It's so, so it appeals to everyone. It, You've got yeah, mobsters yeah. and the pope. the pope, and it's just so weird. Like there's all these like random stories of like people in the street, and people just come up to them and like, like even to this day, like people come up to the cast and quote movie lines at them. Some of them don't like it as much as the others, especially one being Wallace Shawn kind of hated it after what? a while because people all people would say to him in the street was inconceivable. And it got to a point he's like, I hate this now <laughs> because... Who else has such an iconic one word? Yeah. Yeah. Like, inconceivable. Maybe he's like outgrown it. Maybe he's like, now he's like come back around and he's like, oh, no, nah, this is all right. Like, what, what, what's he doing now? What is he doing now? Um, is he still voicing Rex? Oh, fuck. That's him. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I must have known that. Yeah, shit. <laughs> but but um, no, he, he's on Family Guy as well. It's like the evil yeah. brother and something else. He's in everything. He's, yeah, he's yeah. around. Yeah, he's in he's something. around. Yeah. So I want to give you both a guess at who was the other person that you think in 1988 that they wanted to play Andre the Giant? Arnold. Bingo. But this movie took 10 years to get off the ground. Yeah. So when Wait, they are Arnold is in Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Oh, so mm-hmm. in the late 70s, they were targeting Arnold because Arnold wasn't as big as Arnold was in the late 80s. Right. So when they originally went, like, tried to get the film off the ground, so it took a decade before anything happened. Mm. They want, but it, Why it kind was there of, so much resistance just because? It well, is a, a couple of different directors were attached and left and different studios were attached and left and it got to the point that William Goldman bought the film rights back. So he sold the film rights to his story Mm. 
you know, shortly after his book came out in 1973. But he ended up buying them back. Because he was so sick of nothing happening <laughs> that he took it into his own hands and he wrote the script. Good on it. Ah. So he wrote the full screenplay script for this film. Mm. So it's book by him, movie but like story by yeah. him. So it's all him. So it's like he deliberately deliberately left things out and deliberately added things in. So you, like it's not one of those ones where you can kind of get mad. It's like, oh, they didn't include like you know, they didn't include this, but they added in this random thing. I was like, well, the same guy wrote it all, so... Yeah. It's all coming from his brain. It's He can do what he wants with his story. So, in the end, they went with French-born wrestler Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. who was seven, four, seven feet and four inches and weighed 540 pounds. At this point in the late 80s, he was um, in America doing a lot of professional wrestling. And because of this, he had a really bad back. Like, it was really bad. So, a lot of the scenes in this where he's either holding some... Like, whenever he's carrying Wesley around, it's a dummy. There's a scene where Wesley's on his back, to which Wesley's actually standing on a ramp behind him. So, there's no actual weight on him. And there's, there's like, a scene where he has to catch Buttercup. And she jumps from... Like, she's just above frame and he was landing, leaning against a wooden board to take all the weight oh. because his back was so bad that he couldn't do – like he couldn't lift anything, like he couldn't really do anything because he'd been thrown around a wrestling rink. So it was Poor like – Yeah, so it was really hard for him to do a lot of it, but like – Didn't he die quite soon after this was released? Yeah, yeah. not too long later. Yeah. But um, because his English wasn't that good – they had to figure out a way for him to develop, deliver his lines in a clearish sort of voice so that audiences would be able to hear through his clear, like his thick accent what he was saying. So they gave him tape recordings from the, the producer, or one of the producers recorded all his lines and he would walk around on set listening to them back over and over and over again and copying them. So it got to the point where he could deliver his lines essentially without That's really nice his of thick them. accent. And like it really helped him to like deliver because he was hearing it and then just saying it back. Yeah. And it was constant to the point that like, like okay, we're going to do this. And he'd take the headphones off, do the take, and then put them back on for the next one hmm. just so he could get it right. Um, so... Carrie reveals that Andre to be one of the most col- colourful characters on set. He was a gentle giant who everyone called Boss. <laughs> he was aware that people well, his size rarely lived long, so he tried um, to wring the most out of every day. That philosophy included a big appetite, food and booze. <laughs> Legend has it that Andre could down 100 beers in a single sit- sitting and his average daily consumption consisted of an entire case of beer, three bottles of wine, and two bottles of brandy. Sounds like a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few big ones. No. That's quite insane. That's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Um, no I mean, wonder they don't live long. Well, yeah, he was, what, like 250 kilos almost, so... That's a lot. I guess you could I don't think I've seen someone that big. It's the two, bo- two bottles of brandy where I'm like... Yeah, that'd tip you over the that, edge. That, Don't like, mind the case of beer and the three bottles of wine. I mean, I know people of the 
I've done a case, but like I've done three bottles of wine. There you go. Hey, dream team. Between us, the person I know is me. <laughs> yeah. So, after filming Wrapped, Kerry joined Andre for a night of drinking at PJ Clark's on Third Avenue, one of the Giants' favorite Manhattan watering holes. As Andre was downing his usual a mix of hard spirits served in a beer pitcher, Carrie noticed a man was sitting <laughs> alone watching them. <laughs> um, Carrie and Andre eventually left Clark's and headed to a few other Manhattan bars. All the while, the man followed and continued to watch them. <gasps> when Carrie and Andre, um, what, sorry, when Carrie asked Andre if he noticed the stalker, the wrestler confided that the man was an undercover cop. After one of his previous nights bar hopping, Andre had fallen over while waiting for a car and injured a passerby. Oh. Essentially, he fell on them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you've seen Andre the Giant, would not be a fun time no. if that man drunkenly fell on you. Um, so, so wait, is this while they're filming? This is just after filming. Oh, okay. So since then, Andre claimed that the NYPD assigned an officer to tail him whenever he went out drinking in New York. <laughs> to which they said it was for his own safety. <laughs> Others needed to be protected, be protected from him as well. In the scene when Wesley is revived after being mostly dead, Andre interrupted one take with the most monumental fart, <laughs> which was like an earthquake. That was a big one, wasn't it? Andre asked. <laughs> um, so the Princess Bride shoot was also beset by a few accidents two of which were nearly proved disastrous. Well, I mean, they're using swords and jumping off shit and that rolling down no, hills. None of those are what these incidents come from. Candles? So, oh, the torture room. Nope. Okay, so, I don't know then. On daybreak during filming, Carrie took a joyride on an ATV at Andre's insistence. As he bounced over <laughs> some rocks... I feel rock, like these two have just like <laughs> met they're and they're like, yeah. fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Do all this random shit. Yeah. Like, see what happens. <laughs> so, as he bounced over some rocks, his big toe caught and snapped backwards, breaking it oh. and almost snapping his ankle. Right? Oh. Oh. Do not Fe do not describe the injury anymore, please. Or Fear let me know so I can cover my ears. Fearing he'd be replaced, Carrie downplayed the in injury and insisted on continuing to film, even though he could barely stand and walk. The next day, they shot the scenes on top of the hill where the Dread Pirate Roberts slash Wesley reunites with Buttercup and they have a little sit-down chat for a little bit before she pushes him down the hill. Aww. Down the hill was separate, but if you watch him, he sits down against a log and stands up. Both times, his injured foot does not touch the ground. When he stands up, he does a one-legged squat stand <laughs> to get off the ground. And when he sits down, he puts one foot on the ground. His other foot stays hovered, and he sits because he. And when he watch him walk, he is very carefully watching the ground where his feet are going, <laughs> not where he's walking, because his foot was that fucked uh. that he couldn't really put weight on it. Shit. But he was just like, "We've we've got to film. We've got to get this done." So he just kept going, soldiered on, even though his big toe was. Smashed oh. and his oh. foot was almost his ankle was almost broken. Oh my gosh! And obviously you're wearing big pull-up leather boots, so oh. ow, trying to get that on and off. Man, oh man! Yeah. Um. So the other injury was suffered by 
Mandy Patinkin, who plays Inigo Montoya. And um, this happened when Wesley is rendered mostly dead and they at the hands of the evil prince and Inigo and Fezzik carry him to Miracle Max, who is played by the one and only Billy Crystal. Now, there was an issue. So, Reiner gave Billy Crystal essentially free reign. He said, say whatever you want, do whatever you want. We just have to get from here to here. (laughs) So, he pretty much ad-libbed the the entire thing. Um, It got to the point that Carrie had to be replaced by a dummy because he was ruining so many takes because he was laying on the bed meant to be like mostly dead mm. and he just kept bursting out into laughter. <laughs> um, the Like Reiner had, to rem- well, Reiner had to remove himself from set because he kept ruining takes from bursting out in laughter and Mandy Patikin held his laughter in so much that he cracked one of his ribs. Oh, my ah! gosh. <laughs> Because he tried to keep a straight face that hard and not laugh, he cracked a rib. <laughs> fucking hell! I yeah, didn't even know that fucking was a hell! What? Oh my gosh! So that just proves how like there were so many takes out there where Billy Crystal was just being Billy Crystal That's in the awesome. late eighties and I just want those ruining people yeah. with oh, just yeah. complete. Yeah, just. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, that he cracked someone's rib from them laughing, well, and not trying not to. Yeah, and the um. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the third mishap, again, involves our beloved Wesley or Carrie. Um, so it's the scene in which Christopher Guest, who plays um, Prince hum- Prince Humperdinck's sidekick, Count Rugen, knocks Wesley out with the butt of his sword. So during the first few takes, he obviously wasn't hitting him and it didn't really look believable. So Carrie said, just hit me softly. Just hit me so it looks like you've hit me. And um, he wound up a bit too hard and he he hit him and Carrie was knocked out. Oh, and that's the take that's in the film. So oh, when you see him get hit by the sword in the film, he's genuinely actually unconscious. Yeah, like oh they he gosh. actually knocked him out. This poor guy. I he's feel just, like yeah. he's just in the he's wars. He's just coughing it. How, what did he do about his foot? I want to know. He just recovered and they just kept going. Oh. Oh my god! They just kept doing it. It was fine. Ugh. Yeah. What a trooper. Um, less violent means were involved in persuading other people to be involved within the film, or you know, things. So, Mark um, Knopfler, Knopfler, who is um from Dire Straits, is the composer of the score. Nice. He's um so the guitarist said that he held one condition that Reiner snuck in his USS Coral Sea baseball cap worn by his character Marty DeBerge in 1984's rock mockumentary This Is Spinal Tap and it, the hat's hanging up behind the grandson's bed. Huh. And it's like he kind of co- like copped out by putting the hat in the 1988-year-old yeah. kids. Where else were you going to put it? Just shove it on a hat stand in like medieval yeah, Lauren <laughs> somewhere, you know? Just like It'd be kind of great. Clever. Okay, yeah, cool it would be really fun. It's just like you walk past, like there's a fucking baseball cap with like you at like, <laughs> like yeah. Um, People should make movies like that. They just put random things in it. Yeah. So, um, Goldman spent months researching fencing and filled the script with references to particular styles and defenses. Um, Carrie and um, 
Patinkin. I'm saying that wrong. Carrie and Mandy, our two main. Just women. refer to them by their characters' names. Wesley and Anigo. Yep. Um, spent months working with stunt coordinators on the choreography for their big fight sequence, and it got to the point. It was one of the last things that was filmed in the movie because they were practicing on it pretty much every day off. They were just doing this fight, and the stunt coordinators kind of showed Rob Reiner it. They did it at half speed. Right. So he thought it was this huge, massive, long sword fight. So on the day when it came and they did it, it went for a minute and a half. <laughs> and he was like, oh, is that, is that it? And they were like, yeah, that's it. So they went away and worked on it some more and doubled the length of it to get it to three minutes, which is the fight sequence we get. And it is a, it is that's a, a long truly good fight sequence because it also required both of them to become ambidextrous with a sword because both of them start off using their left hands and there's a fun moment where one of them goes, I know something you don't know. And he's like, what? He's like, I'm left-handed. And he's like, I know something you don't know. He's like, neither am I. And they both swapped their right hand and the intensity of the fight like increases. <laughs> so both of them had to learn how to sword fight with their left hand and, their and right. with their right hand. That's pretty cool. Which is a big commitment yeah. to like doing that fight. And they do that fight scene really well. Yeah. And yeah, like it's a yeah. Is I, it full is it all them, no stunt doubles? Yeah, but it's pretty much all them. Yeah. Yeah. Except I don't know if Carriels did the double loop the loop. Oh flip. yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but I know that um the guy that plays Anigo Montoya did do his swing. Oh really? Because it's a single just grab. Oh yeah. Like but then yeah. It was a fucking double. That was loop. like a double. That was yeah, like so a I don't gymnast. No, if he did that level. himself, but the rest of the fight was them. That's pretty cool. Um, the only one that really had a long time stunt double was Andre the Giant, obviously because of his back. So there's a couple of like wide shots with like Wesley on his back where it's actually the stunt double because he just physically couldn't. Yeah, do it. Where do you find him. a stunt double to? He was significantly that? smaller. You can tell in the shot, like, Wesley looks a lot bigger in comparison, like, size-wise. Yeah. And they had to put, like, a mask on him to make him kind of look like it. But if you look closely at the wide shot, it looks really weird because it's this, like, face mask to kind of amplify his brow and his nose and his chin to make him look a bit more like Andre the Giant. But no. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So there's a couple of big differences between the book and the movie. Um, in the book, Buttercup's parents are characters and they feature widely throughout it, whereas in the movie they're no one. They're never really even They're not mentioned. mentioned yeah, yeah, they're just not there. They play, it doesn't sound like they play any major roles. Cut the fat, I guess. Just yeah. Um, what did you say? Cut, cut the, the fat. fat? Yeah. The book has no shrieking eels in the boat sequence, mm-hmm. um, which is like, okay. Um, in the fight, Anigo is winning. In the book, sorry, Anigo is winning the fight between him and Wesley. Until like they're kind of going through like over rocks and through like trees and stuff. It's a much more like in the book. It starts off in a much more confined space, mm-hmm. and Not as soon as the area opens up, then the tide turns and Wesley wins. But he's left with like cuts and scratches and stuff from like he's left. He escapes bleeding mm-hmm. a lot. Um. 
the movie cuts flashbacks, but that's, you know, there's backstory for different characters and we find out that Fezzik was trained to fight by his parents for money and all those different things. But, Aww. like, it's not really needed in a 90-minute runtime film. Yeah. Like, this movie's paced really well. Yeah. Mm. Um, when did it come out? 88. Yeah. 87, sorry. 87. Yep. Um, the other thing is the book does not include the reunion scene between Wesley and Buttercup. So she never really finds like so in the book of the Princess Bride is an interesting sort of novel as a story we know purports to be an abridged of a much large longer novel by a man named Simon Morgenstein. However, while the real book contains much more than we've read in The Princess Bride or seen in the movie, there's one scene that doesn't exist in the book that is in the film. The reunion scene which occurs after Buttercup realizes the man in black is Wesley. Apparently S um, Morgan, St- Morgan Stern, sorry, I've been saying it wrong the whole time because I read that as an I, but that's an R. Um, believed <laughs> Can't read your own writing. I know. Believes su- I did write it a year ago. Believes such a scene was unimportant, so he skipped over it. William Goldman is critical of this decision in his book, but, w- they're, but they're Wesley and Buttercup basically jump straight into falling into a ravine to deal with a fire swamp. In the movie, however, the pair do get their romantic reunion. On screen. Yay. Um, in the book, Inigo and Fezzik's search for Wesley is much longer. In the movie, it's like, we need to go find him. Oh, look, there he's screaming, we found him. <laughs> because obviously, runtime. Yeah. So, yeah, that they're pretty much the big um, differences. differences between the two. Um, I touched on that, I touched on that, I touched on that. Um. William Goldman ruined a take in the fire swamp by yelling out, oh, my God, her dress is on fire because – It was on her fire. Her dress was on fire, but it was meant to be on fire. Oh. oh. <laughs> but he didn't know that. And he was like, holy shit, like, you know, and was like, yeah, we, we know it's meant to <laughs> yeah. be like, like that. chill out, man. <laughs> and he was like, oh. We know. <laughs> um, We're just going to let her burn. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So – I didn't really go through the plot of this film, we but probably like, don't need to. No, nah, it's, it's essentially Wesley and Buttercup. Wesley's the farm boy. He always says, "As you wish." Instead of "I love you," every time she asks him to do something, they fall in love. Then he goes off to find his fortune. Then she essentially gets picked up by the prince, and she's going to become queen. And then she gets kidnapped by these three people, and one of them's this weird Spaniard guy, and then you've got an, daddy issues. Yeah. And then he's hired Inigo Montoya and Fezzik, who's Fezzik's on Dragon the Giant, and they're like one's his sword fighter and one's his so one's the steel, one's the muscle, and he's the brain. And they kidnap the princess and take her to this other land called Gilda. And then they're going to kill her on Gilda's shore. So then when the prince finds her, there starts a war. But then we find out later that the prince actually hired him to do it so he could start the war because he wanted to go to war with them and take over that land. So it was all a big ploy, and he never really loved her. He just wanted to use her to start the war. And then um, the man in black slash Wesley comes to the rescue and he bests Inigo in a sword fight and then he bests Fezzik in a fist fight and then he bests Vizzini in a battle of the wits, which is one of the funniest thing- scenes yeah. you'll ever fucking see on film. And Iocane powder, which is a mythical made-up poison that comes from Australia and, you know, Australia's all full of criminals in this time and that... 
you know, we, you can't trust criminals. So what? And because the whole thing, because there's poison in one of the wine glasses, but it's actually in both wine glasses, and Wesley's immune to it, so it's fine. And the guy starts cackling because he swapped the glasses, and then he dies. <laughs> and then it kind of goes through, and then Prince Humperdinck and his merry men, I'm going to say, <laughs> catch up, and then they find out. Like she figures out who Wesley is and they end up in the fire swamp and there's rodents of unusual size and they're just dudes in massive rodent costumes and there's... Which is pretty cool set design. Yeah. And then there's sinking sand and fire that shoots up out of the ground and they make it out and then they get captured and she says she'll go with the prince as long as Wesley's set free. But they're like, he's like, yeah, sure. But then Wesley gets captured and put in the pit of despair and tortured so she, you know, I'm not going to marry you. And then Prince Humperdinck promises to send out 70 of his fastest ships in all directions to, you know, find him. But he knows that he's never going to find him. So he knows he's going to get the bride and then kill her later on to start a war. And then Wesley essentially gets killed. He's pronounced mostly dead by Miracle Max and he gets brought back to life by a chocolate-covered magic pill. And then they storm the castle and... Save the princess and, yeah. You don't get stories like this anymore. Uh, and it's just, it's 90 minutes. That's all you know. It's really good. And there's a subplot where Inigo Montoya wants to kill Count Rogan because he killed his father and this whole thing in great lines like, you know, my You're name kidding. is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And <laughs> it kills him. Uh, you really didn't lean heavily enough into I didn't. that accent. I, I kind of pulled back like halfway in <laughs> and... Yeah. Well, that has to be the most thorough plot recap we've yeah. done on this so far. And that, there you go. That's that's Princess Bride plot in under ninety seconds. Nice. I guess I don't know how you long that went for. It, it took about three minutes. Yeah, okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. It's really, really good film. Yeah, it is. It's great. Robin Wright is just perfection. She is very good in this. Everyone is very Everyone good in this. Everyone is very good. Yeah, every, every time I've watched this, I've forgotten Robin Wright was yeah. Buttercup. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's It's also right. an interesting fact that throughout the whole movie she's called Buttercup and in the credits she's credited as the Princess Bride. But oh. she's never credited as Buttercup and the Princess Bride is never said in the movie. Right. Interesting. But, yeah, interesting. but, like, this movie is perfectly cast in every way. Like, yeah. it is yeah, it's great. just so, so good. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it and it's the best. And if you've never seen The Princess Bride... Jacob can't be friends with you. please go and watch it. Like, it's not even that violent, really. It's not. No. It's Pretty violent, sure it's rated PG. It's violent in, an, in a humorous way. I mean, there's a bit of blood when a guy has a knife thrown at his stomach, but... It's but fine. that's like, yeah. Kids yeah. movies were, like, more brutal back then, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, like, because they didn't have access to like Call of Duty or I don't know streaming services. No, I just feel like people were like, "Yeah, it's fine." Back then, now it's okay, like you no. can't show kids that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, I just want to hear. I know you guys haven't watched it in a year because neither of you rewatched it. <laughs> You'll see this week. Sorry for this. No, it's fine. It's really good though. It I'm is, probably going to yeah. watch it in the next few weeks just because speaking about it has. Reminded me how much I like it. Yeah, it is. And it's just a feel-good movie too, you know. It's like 
sure, like, you can get into, like, the whole feminist side and, like, oh, she's the damsel in distress and they've got to save her and all that. But, like, you know what? Sometimes it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's nice for the damsel in distress to be saved. Yeah, it's nice to have, like... She sticks up for herself and, like... Yeah, and she's not just sitting there idly waiting. She was doing things to make sure that other things don't happen and yeah. all that. And I, I don't know. It's just... It's, it's just all it's, about true love. And yeah. it's only... And as Miracle Mac, you know, only one couple in every century gets that. And exactly. they have it. And Prince Humperdinck just tries to take that away because he just wants to go to war. Yeah. War is not the answer. Love is. Yeah. Especially if your name's Humperdinck. Because <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but, yeah, I think... I'm yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch it in the next few weeks. Maybe when I'm feeling sad. So yes to watching it again. Oh, of course. Makes it yes, obviously. Yeah, I'm obvious. I I don't even know how many times I've seen this film. It's just the best. I fucking love this shit, man. It's your Spider Man too. It's yeah. my Incredibles. Yeah, it's just. I love this shit, man. It's good stuff and. Good on you, Jake. Yeah. I could just talk about how I love it for hours, but I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And I will. (laughs) Well, strap on in, everyone, because I've got 40 pages of notes. I'm joking. But, yeah, it's also nice to do this episode again after... Yeah, I'd actually forgotten a lot of the stuff that you had Nine months since last time we did it. Maybe we should revisit more. Well, I was thinking when we actually finish our list, we should go back and do, like, Silence of the Lambs again and... Like, yeah. revisit our favourites. Yeah, because people, like, yeah, Lord of the Rings like, trilogy, take two. No. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Well, <laughs> no, fuck no. Fuck you. I don't know. Maybe just, like, pick our favourite and redo it. Uh, yeah, because people tell me they listen to, like, they go back and listen to, like, old episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, oh, no, please don't do that. <laughs> but also, like, your response then, fuck no, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Sorry, Nick. That's just the Lord of the Rings. Whoa. Just the Lord of the Rings. Anything else? Yeah, okay. okay so well. I guess on that note, we can move on to our next segment. What we've been watching and what we're excited That's for. That's the one. Mm-hmm. And I sadly had my television break this week. Oh, no. So I've watched a lot well, of you watch There's no other way to watch services anything. On. I know. So I've been watching everything on my good old laptop in my bed because I can't lay in my bed and watch TV. So I lay in the bed and watch the laptop and it's just kind of sad. Oh. But I usually do. I watched the entirety of A Haunting in Hill House and in tour and, and The Haunting of Bly Manor. I watched the first couple episodes of Bly Manor and it was good, but I just never got there. It's both. I really enjoyed. I, then, I've heard that you have to separate the two. You can't. Yes, because like, they're two completely yeah. different stories yeah. and feature a lot of the same cast members yeah. in very similar settings. And it's like, my brain is not liking this. But... Because I watched essentially back to back because Hill House finished and like Netflix autoplay was like The Haunting of Bly Manor because it's technically season two of The Haunting. And I was just like, hey, why not? <laughs> and I mean, one came out la- early last year and one came out in 2018. So I'm not bound by anything right <laughs> now, but I'm not going to spoil it in case you guys want to watch it. No, I don't do scary things. But it's not I'll really. It eventually, but. It's not really that. Like scary. It has haunting in the title. Yeah, but like there's ghosts and shit. But yeah, there's no. Like no, thank not you. Not that many. Like there's not really jump scares See, or I'm, anything. Like I'm hesitant to watch The Mist. That is why this is like but Silence of the Lambs is like as horror as I get. Yeah. Mm. But this has got like a lot of like really good suspense. Yeah, without being jump scares. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's very. It's, like, 
It's very um. I still don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's a lot of like just suspense building that you're watching a ghost like haunt a fucking four year old for three minutes, and you're like, ah. oh fuck. And it's like because in this world, the ghosts can essentially just fucking kill anyone they want because they can touch you. So it's like really fucking scary because like- Yeah, yeah, fucking thank you. There's moments where like people are walking down a corridor and a ghost just walks out and fucking choke slams them against a wall and you're like, unlucky. (laughs) That would have hurt. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, and then they like open their eyes and the ghost's just gone. And they're like, the fuck was that? And my main thing with it is that like some of the cast members are really- unaccepting of ghosts for too long and it's like dude someone literally like you watch someone appear in the room with you throw your sibling across the fucking room and disappear what else do you think just (laughs) fucking happened you dumb fuck but it's really good but yeah like there's just some moments and hill house kind of goes back and forth between them being kids and them being adults Mm. And like some of them were really like affected by it as kids, and they've just either severe out. mental health issues or severe drug use as adults, mm. and it's just fucked them. And then two of the other ones are like, "No, it never happened," and they're fine. Drugs doesn't seem like the answer to something like that. Drugs is you, never the answer. But in the con- yeah, but in the context, but yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the context of how it plays out yeah. in the show, it sort of makes sense, right? Okay, because I'd be like, "Is that ghost real?" Yeah, or is it the drugs? Like, yeah, There's a lot of heroin. I don't nice. know what heroin feels like. So, Panadol times six thousand or something. I don't oh, know. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Then yes, <laughs> it's what they essentially used to give you instead of like it was a opioid like painkiller. Yeah. Right, it really spaces you out and makes you real chill. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> this, like it, it cuts. We're not back encouraging and, drug no, use. No, God no. <laughs> Um, it jumps back. It cuts back and forth between them being adults and kids, and like the adults, the ones that were fucked up by it as kids, like the ones that were thrown across rooms and shit, are really affected as adults, and the ones that were like really denialing as kids, it is kind of like fine, but are they fine? And it all comes to sort of like a head at the end, and then the horning on blind man is just. It's really creepy fucking English kids that their house is haunted and it's fucking weird. Okay. It just it's really different because I mean there's some a little bit of time jumping, but it's like a year, not like three decades. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're jumping back Easier and forth. To yeah. Keep track of. And like the kids and like everyone else kind of look the same. It's just like two characters or one lot of characters and another like like different Yeah. Interesting. And there's some really good I'm going to say Ben's in the road. In Twists? It. Yeah. <laughs> but like Ben's in the road sounds better in the context of this thing. Is there roads in this yes. <laughs> television yeah. series? But I think it – it season two I think is definitely – like Blind Man is definitely the better of the two. Oh, interesting. Um, I think the, sto- the story-wise it's a bit better. It's an episode shorter and the way it's done – is really well because there is an episode where it's pretty much essentially entire in black and white and there's narration and none of the characters really talk to each other. And that's a proper flashback to like hundreds of years ago. But it's it's essentially, it's the second last episode and it's a massive fucking expedition, like exposition dump to give you context for everything that's about to happen in this like finale. Mm. 
but it's done well, really well. And it's like this is an interesting way to tell. Like instead of just doing the story, there's like the narrator who kind of features in like the overarching story, giving like kind of just narrating the events of what happened hundreds of years ago in this house and explaining why the house is like this. And you're like, oh, okay. And like some of the ghosts you've seen, you're like, oh, I feel bad for you now because you got like brutally murdered in a really sad way and now you're just stuck as a ghost in this house. And the context of what you're doing is just like, oh, you're not scary at all. I might have to watch it now. I'd like, really... I, I like three episodes in. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'd really recommend like yeah. sticking with it. I'm still going to say a hard no. Yeah, fair. But that's pretty much... And you I watched, might be into horror after we watch The Mist. Uh, it's not... No, Mist isn't horror. I'm only watching it because oh. it's Stephen King. Okay. And then I also watched Starship Troopers because it was on Disney Plus Star. And it was oh, true. just yeah. there. And I was like, I haven't watched this oh, in a fucking long time. But only the first worth one's the money now. Yeah. Only the first one's on there. I don't think I've seen any Starship Troopers. The first one's like two hours and forty minutes of just sci-fi war fucking mm. fascist hell, but it's a really good movie. Yeah, I've heard it's good. But the others what the others are nowhere near as good, but I was like, I just want to watch all of them now, but I caught in. That's a bummer. Yeah, I thought Sunny was going to be on Disney Plus because they own, I think they own it now. But yeah, it wasn't. So I was like, oh, I had to anyway. go watch it on Prime. That's right. And it took me so 49 good. minutes to have the Thank first you. sip of my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. nice and cool. It's warm. It's um, fine. It's okay. drinkable. Just. Oh, um, who's going next? No, that's right. Um, I will. So, like I said before, I kind of jumped on the Roseman Pike train Um after we finished recording last week, I went and watched I Care A Lot, which is fucking phenomenal. Like, it's like if you like Gone Girl, it's in the same kind of, not realm, but the same like... Same vein. Oh, this bitch is so bad. I don't <laughs> just like... Oh, she deserves everything she's getting. But like, it's actually really, really interesting because it kind of, it goes into a lot of the problems with the, I guess... Well, it's based in the US, so it would be the US, um, like, aged care system and who becomes kind of the, um, what's it called? Next of kin. Not kin. Next, not no, next no of J, there's next no of J. King. Not next of kin, but it's like when someone is incapable exec- of... The executor of their estate or whatever. Well, technically, yes, but, like, when someone's unable to care for themselves and they have no other family around... Um, they become oh their guardian. That's what I'm trying to say. She found so the word. essentially, this lady played by Rosamund <laughs> Pike goes around and like poaches all these rich people who are kind of semi like still there, like they're still very capable of looking after themselves. But she goes around and gets all the doctors to sign them over to her care because if the doctors say they are unwell enough to move into housing and need an actual guardian to look after them, then she can swoop in and sell off their estate. And also, this, this is not spoilers, just to clarify, because this is all in the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, no spoilers. If it's in the trailer, you can say it. Yeah. It's public knowledge. Um, and, yeah, and basically she messes with the wrong old, old lady. Sick. I'm going to watch it. I was. It's so good when, and so we, well done. Was that on air or off air we spoke about this last – off air? I think it was – 
Because you made me watch the trailer. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch that. And I was like assuming it came out in like two weeks or something. No, it's And out. then I saw the ad for it last night pretty much as I started watching The Princess Bride. And I was like, well, I don't have time to watch this too. So <laughs> that's for next week conversation. But honestly, everything is so – like it's just the cinematography of it, the colour – palette and the color grading and just like even her costume design is just like next level it's so so good um and then yeah so i watched that and then i read gone girl and then i watched gone girl because i was like i'm in a rosamund pike mood uh, mood <laughs> um which is still phenomenal even what seven years later so come out seven years ago 2014 yeah, shit. Fuck hell. But it holds up. Honestly, it could have been released last year and I wouldn't have even known. That was like a new release at the video shop when I started working there. I remember putting it on the sh- – like it was one of the oh. first things I put on the shelf. Oh. That's like, so That was cute. a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, just, again, amazing acting. Excellent, like, cast. Just David Fincher. Mm. Chef's kiss. Yeah, no. yeah, I do like shit, David Fincher. Yeah. Um, and then because – I saw that Disney had Star. I went through and watched a whole bunch of Wes Anderson films. So I watched The Royal Tenenbaums and um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And I started watching, um, shit, I can't remember, the one where they're on the train and there's the three brothers. But I didn't find that very interesting, so I just stopped. We didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. an episode on one of his movies, The Grand Budapest Hotel. We did. That was, that was good. That it was, was really, good. it was really interesting though because these movies were kind of his, like earlier in his yeah. career. So he was mm. still kind of like getting that style. Yeah, yeah. Not as and you can kind of see it coming through. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that was a bit like, yeah, not oh. up your vein. I don't, <laughs> oh, no. I don't like <laughs> that. Just vein. like stick to your yeah. very specific. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it still all comes through. And I mean, like. Angelica Houston and Bill Murray and who else is in it? That's I fucking it. love Probably Bill Murray, man. <laughs> no, he's not in these. Oh, Owen Wilson. Um, oh, Adrian Brody. Yes. Um, who's <laughs> Owen Wilson's brother? Other Wilson. Other Wilson. Uh, no. Um, yeah. That yeah. guy, Luke. Luke Wilson. Yeah, they're all is in it. it. Yeah, I'm I, I, fucking I, know, I might be thinking about the Hemsworths. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember um, But, the yeah, it's just, name. like, again, really well cast. Just very interesting to watch. Yeah. Nice. Really liked them. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Shit. Um, oh, and I'm excited to watch um, WandaVision, which I'm going to binge yes. all yes. next week. Yes, we're up to date. You're, you're about to start. Yeah. I'm surprised you've heard absolutely nothing I've been this. keeping my ears blocked. Because, yeah, I was, like, watching it in, like, chunks while I was away. And I, I immediately was getting oh, stuff spoiled. Oh, I was like, oh, division. Yeah. I've just kind of like not like I've stopped following people who I know will spoil it. And yeah. I've like specifically told you guys to not talk about it in my presence. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And we haven't. We've done well. Yeah, you did very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched the first episode of Superman and Lois. Jacob, you also watched it yeah, too, I, I believe. <laughs> I okay. fucking really like it, and I, I which is weird because I've hated those shows for the longest time. I, I for think the most part. I think the difference is so we had there was like the oh no, what's he gonna say? <laughs> well, there was like Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, and they essentially just smashed all these universes together. But some went in. I think 
yeah, some went in one way and others went other characters went in other ways. Because in a little like fifteen minute documentary that was on after this aired, they're like, Oh, this is like a new sort of soft reboot. You don't need to have watched anything else and in the recap at the start, which if you don't have Foxtel or the CW or whatever, the first five minutes is available on YouTube that you can watch it. And it kind of just gives a recap of his yeah. whole backstory. And it never mentions any of the Supergirl stuff, like any of it, any suit from that he's never seen in. So I genuinely think... This is a full reboot. This is just full, we're not connected to any of that, which I think is the best thing which for Which is it. probably smart, because I... Which is sad, because if this... So there's a... If it does well, you can still there, bring in that version well, of Supergirl. There, yeah. there's, there's a Captain Luther that's the villain in this, so... Spoilers, man! Well... T- no, it's, it's fun. It's, Was you it know. in the trailer? Can no. you talk yes. about it in the trailer? It's the <laughs> final scene of the episode. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Well, so, major spoilers yeah. then, Nick. We're so, going to get angry messages. That's all right. All right, from now on, spoilers. There's a Captain Luther in it. But um, <laughs> sadly, I think that means it's not John Cryer. Yeah. Well, it's not John Cryer because the person's black. black but, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm going to give this a couple before I, I make a decision, but like... Visually, it's different to anything else in the CW. Visually, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Like, it is cool. So they, cinematic. They do the first ever, like the original action comics so, costume. Yeah. He does he's like, like oh, my mum made it yeah. for me. I was no, like, that's the best. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking so good. Because she probably did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think this has this has potential a to lot be really of potential. Good. But like it's very it was very lowest light for a I, show well, that's called Superman and Lois. As in the I first heard, episode, but I don't know if you listened to this too. But a writer from the show, yeah, said that well, she her contract was ended and she wasn't there for the ending of like the final finished product. Mm. But she said that it is very lowest light and that it failed. What's the test called? Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the test yeah. where women talk to each other. Yeah, and so they pretty much every episode, something other than a man. Every episode failed that. She wanted more Lois on screen, and she said it would be nice to have a black person that's not the villain. Yeah, yeah. I think she so, wants she wants to recast the parents because I think what I heard the parents were already cast, but she said, "Oh no, like the Kent should be black because I don't know because yeah. they're yeah, adopted why the parents." Fuck not? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or just one of them, who cares? Yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 And that brings They should do the blind casting. Yeah. I, I do like that they did like um like middle America. Like real, like it, yeah. there's like, it's they, dead. They, they talk about, yeah, it's dead. They talk about people like cooking meth in Smallville and like yeah. setting their houses on fire. It's And like one of the characters is like, like the son. So Superman and Lois have like two, two teenage sons. sons. Like, like after, yeah, it's They're like 15. an after crisis thing. Yeah. And, like, one of them has, like, severe, like, anxiety and, like, it's not, like... Yeah, as you would. Yeah, but... Well, no, but they they, don't, they, the kids they don't, don't they know, know that their dad's Superman. They don't know. They have oh. no idea. But... Well, that's fucking unbelievable. Of course you're going to find out. Yeah. No, I think... Uh, I, I think, think the way it was done was really good. They do cut... They Maybe do cut I need to one of the kids. This. One of the kids does say, he's like... No, we've seen Superman. We've seen Superman. You're it's not, not Superman. you. Yeah. Oh. But I think it, it kind of plays down to that thing that... They don't really explain it, though. He just takes off his glasses and, like, picks up well, a truck and they're like, oh, there you go. I, I, I would think, have, like, some sort of... No, I think that, like... And it's kind of been touched on in some comics with... It's like, how do people not know that Clark Kent and... Yeah. Superman, like, and Superman are the same person. And there's kind of, like, a third persona that you see in, like, some of the Superman movies where he goes back to Smallville. 
Yeah. Because it's small, it can be kind of more the confident teenager also, you kind of see in like in the TV show Smallville as yeah. well. But in the comic, it's kind of been touched on that there's like a perception thing around him that when he's Clark Kent and puts the glasses and stuff on, he'll, people and like he sl- he he'll slouch down, slouches he'll down and like, like he gets a bit more clumsy and stuff. But he's essentially admitting a perception filter that when he's Superman he looks kind of different to like even Clark Kent without his glasses on. He's confident. He's like sort of. There's like kind of this aura that kind of you can't quite see through to a way that you see his face different when he's Superman to when he's Clark Kent. But when he reveals himself to someone and takes those glasses off, it's essentially symbolising that he's taking that like veil off. Oh, and that like, makes Look, sense. It is actually me. Okay, mm. but my question is, how did he and Lois have children? Because he is obviously not of this earth. Oh, I know. I know DNA is yeah. close enough that that's just. I ugh. I thought you were about to touch on something that bothered me. Oh, so okay. Well, the, go ahead. The, the the sons are like seventeen, fifteen. They're about to start yeah, high school. Okay. They're right, fifteen. They're fifteen. Tyler Herklin, who plays Superman, thirty three. But, like, he's supposed to be, like, Superman in his 40s. Well, Lois, the woman that plays Lois is 41. Yeah. Like. But like what she, it is. She could pass for that, though. But like, what? No, she, like, is, it tu- she is 41. It, it touches, but, like, she doesn't look 40. No. Oh, like, okay. she's, like. But it she's, touches on it in the episode. Because oh, like, they he, they he, come, he comes back to Smallville for, like, the funeral. And Lana Lang says, you haven't aged a day. There you go. So but, it's kind yeah, of like, the fact that she's in her mid-40s. He's in his mid forties oh, but because he. he's aging so slowly comparatively that he's yeah. essentially still in his late twenties. Interesting. Like because there gets to a point that like there's so many comics where Superman's like three hundred yeah. and is just supermaning about because he's essentially immortal. Love that. Like why did he yeah. grow so fast like in his adolescence then? Because he kinda well he catches like I'm asking all the good questions. Yes, thank you. I Nick. think it's it's sort of like you hit like adulthood at the same rate, but once you're an adult, you're just an adult for a fucking long time. Right. It's like your adolescence. Yeah, like, I don't believe yeah. that. Yeah, it's just more Earth's sun. Uh, yeah, yeah I, think, I think. No, I think it's more like down. they should just have him be a kid for like 50 years. That'd be fun. Just doing kids no, stuff. No, that's terrible. <laughs> that sounds like the worst. I hated being a kid. <laughs> Aww, I had a really good childhood. That's like baby, Mom, I hope like you're fucking <laughs> Grogu, baby Yoda. He's been a kid for fifty years. Poor yeah, bastard. But, but yeah, just cute. when I saw that, I was like, I don't buy this guy. I was like, no, I, I like it because it's kind of like he's just gonna, like his kids are going to catch him in age. Yeah, or like, maybe not. Yeah, that's kind of fucking like weird. that's the like that's the point. Like in the comics, it happens. Like yeah. his son catches him. I didn't even know Superman had kids, so yeah, there you Superboy, go. man. I thought that was just Superman Super, when he was little. Superboy's son? Yeah. So wait, a they lot of have iterations powers. of Superboy are his son. Oh, I thought Superman. No, it's him and oh. Lois's son. Interesting. There you go. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Do I go through everything I watched? That no, I said? but I, I was like going to say, did, did you pick which kid? Had the superpowers? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, so it was, obvious. Oh, does obvious. only one have superpowers? So super only one power? of them has superpowers Aww. and it's the one with lots of anxiety. Oh, of, of course. The nerdy one. And yeah. he like almost kills everyone with some unintentional fucking hate yeah. vision. See, like, yeah. like the two, the two sons are like getting beaten up 
And yeah. I was like watching it because it's so much darker than all the other shit so far. And They're I was full like, getting their Am heads I about kicked to in. see a kid get like cut in half? Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, Holy shit, he's going to laser that kid. Yeah. He's going to explode. Like, oh no. Like visually, it looks so. Like they would so do much that. Better. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where like, who we now know as Lex Luthor's fighting Superman, and then they just fucking book it into space and go to like. Japan. Like Japan or some yeah. shit. I'm like, oh my god, that looked really good. Oh. And they, <laughs> like, they crashed into a building. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, so Ben just got Budget. thrown to a random Budget. shop. In, <laughs> yeah. Just gets thrown through a random shop front in Japan and just leaves. And they're back in space. And I'm like, cool. it makes so much sense because if you go up and down, yeah, it's a lot fucking yeah. quicker. Yeah. If Supergirl did that shit, it'd be like clearly on a green screen. They'd be like, uh, uh, yeah, like, but it looked. So good. Yeah, I, I think this and is going to show that these shows can actually be pretty yeah, good when and you that give the them fall. money. Well, like his fall don't, back in well, don't speak too soon. You're yeah. probably yeah. at episode one. The f- yeah, the whole budget would have been blown on that. But like the fall back into the atmosphere looked unreal. Yeah. I think I might watch these. Really? What is yeah. on it? What's on, it on? It's on Boxtel. Binge. Yeah, okay. Or Binge, yeah. Well, who wants to give me their login details? Uh, 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 let's get a uh, VPN and watch it on the CW in America. Uh, oh, no, fuck that. Then you got to watch like... Seven ad breaks with Do ten you? different ads. I'll give oh. you mine, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um only you've got to watch Dark though too. I finished that, so I've got to watch it. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, what else did you watch, Nick? Let's uh, wrap this shit up. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also watched uh what did I have written down? Oh, The Kid Detective. So has anyone what the heard fuck's that? Any? So okay. Uh, like it's been slowly getting picked up by like different podcasts and like YouTube channels lately, but Oh, we're one of the first few. Yeah, like we get, we're ahead of the game. But um, we're groundbreaking, Al. <laughs> but it's about this guy. Did I break my table? <laughs> it's about this guy in his 30s who was a detective as a kid and he'd like solve mysteries like, oh, like who stole the fundraiser money for this? And like this small oh, yeah. town would like go, like give him this and he'd win like, he'd get like free ice cream for a year to for, like. Solving who stole from the ice cream store, but now he's in his thirties and he's still doing it. And like, <laughs> he's, and the town kind of despises him because he's still going to get like his free ice cream. <laughs> uh, and like, he's like just solving like petty stuff, like missing cats and like proving that, like, pr- like catching kids for like lying about like meeting football teams and shit. But then this girl rocks up to his office and says, "Oh, hey, my boyfriend just got murdered," Uh-oh. and he has to solve that, but he's not. Like really prepared for it. Interesting. He's played by um, the guy who played, you know, the crippled kid in Shazam. Yep. He plays the grown-up version of him, or the Shazam version of him. He was in the OC or some one of those. Oh, oh Ad- Ad- Adam Brody is his name. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's really really good. Interesting. But like it's like a fun thing. It's, uh, I think it's only an hour and a half as well. So. Oh, is it just a movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. Can get behind that? What's yeah. it on? Uh, I rented it on Amazon Prime instead of watching. Okay. I care a lot because oh. I, I also saw it that <laughs> night and I was like, nah. Yeah, you've got to like. I've been wanting to watch this movie for a while, so. You I, guys, wh- as soon as you watch, I care a lot. You've got to message me. Yes, okay. boss. I kind of saw what was happening, but you've. Like, I want to know if you guys see, see uh, it too. Yeah, right. I feel like you will. You guys are pretty cluey. Yes. Also, um, there is a Australian TV show on iView called uh, Why You Like This. It's From re- Naomi Higgins and... Uh, Auntie Donna's Mark. Auntie Donna's Mark. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, she's good. Um, she plays one of the characters in it, and it's like she doesn't just play one of the characters. She's co-writer. Yes. And creator. Yeah, you said by Naomi. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying she's also starring yes, in it. Yes, she's great. And it's very. I, I was like looking on like people's Instagrams who are in this. I think this has been in production for like a couple of years. So it's yeah. like finally, like, and that's very common. With well, like they went to. They started pre-COVID stuff. and they got shut down, and then. The day they restarted was the day that Stage Four lockdown hit Melbourne. I'm talking oh, like 2018. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they were trying to shop around to like Channel Seven yeah. and stuff, and it, they got told no. And the ABC was just like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, good on. And them. yeah, that's like a five episode thing. They like, I'll, I'll be honest, I watched it because like I was listening to Mark on the Weekly Planet, and yep. he said he was like inspired and by so both and on there. Naomi. But Mark specifically said he was inspired by um, Sunny. I was like. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes. Threw my so, phone at the wall, went to my TV. and <laughs> what, what, What's it called again, Nick? Why you like this. And it's available on Netflix everywhere in the world except for Australia where it's on iView for at least a year. Yes. Sweet. And then it will be on Netflix eventually. Good shit. But yeah, I think it's really good that they got Netflix everywhere, like that it yeah. got picked up for like an international release. Well, they probably saw how well. Arnie Donovan. Arnie Donovan And they're like, oh, that guy's in that and that guy did this, I guess. Cool. There's a deal there and they've got connections with Netflix now. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing for Australian comedy to go in a new and exciting yeah, it, direction with see, new people. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see Australian stuff get picked up because yeah. normally it's shit. Yeah. Like. yeah. And like, I don't know, like that interview they did on Weekly Planet, like they said like the directors had never shot dialogue before yeah, doing sure. this. Like everyone was just like, yep, we're just going to wing it and see what happens and they nailed it. Yeah, and a lot of it's really funny. Like yeah. some of it's like doesn't always land, but like I loved a lot of this. But it will land for someone else, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. would land for them. Yeah, <laughs> and the Melbourne comedy scene. Yeah, they're cool all friends. Uh, like a lot of people from Melbourne would be like, "Oh my god, that's me!" Yeah, that's, yeah, that, I'm watching myself. Ha 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 ha! Sorry. <laughs> anyway, does anyone have anything else? I do not. No. Alrighty, let's wrap this shit up. Um, so you can reach us at watchitagainpod at gmail.com. Send us a, you know, question or whatever. Just send us something. We Please. don't care what it is at I this point. I can see that you fucking download this. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. Think of the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, someone's going to leave the lights on in this place. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can find us at Watch It Again Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we'll be back. Next week, I guess. Yeah. As always, I'm Jacob and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. See you later, guys, next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.